Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,415. Today we're going to drop the clutch and move fast, talking a bit about drag racing. So be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Bentonville, Arkansas, with a very special guest by the name of Mike Narks. Mike, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am so ready for this. It's going to be exciting. Now, before I uh, get into the fun that you're having here and give you a little more proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Mike? that I actually ride mountain bikes as often as possible. So that's what keeps me limber and keeps me moving around and, uh, you know, going off drops and hitting jumps and all that kind of stuff is typically abnormal for a mid 40 year old guy. Well, good for you. I think that's great. You know, it's amazing how mountain bikes have come along over the decades and I'm older than you. And, you know, way back when I took my Schwinn Stingray and turned it into uh, back then kind of what we call a BMX bike, I guess, you know, kind of a motocross thing when I was in high school and and then even uh, a little bit past that. But mountain biking today, I mean, some of these mountain bikes are just super techy and then you add the ev factor that goes into some of these i have an old high school and actually we go back to elementary school buddy he and his brother and they're in their mid to late 60s they have these mountain bikes that have these electric motors so when they get to hills that are a little a little tough they get a little assistance but is your mountain bike something really kind of techy and cool Oh, yeah, it's full suspension. So um, I purchased it because I had a hardtail, which means no rear suspension, and I was just taking a beating. So I purchased this bike because I was going to be riding a lot more. And I actually did. I put 1,500 miles on it last summer. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, do you ever see yourself converting to an EV mountain bike? Oh, certainly. I've been looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. My buddy, again, he's uh, he showed me the two bikes and we went for a ride. This is a couple of years ago. And I mean, these things were like 12,000 bucks a piece or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything like that, but that would be the ultimate goal because um, I enjoy my cars with regular horsepower, but my bikes, I would definitely take some e-assist. Yeah, very cool. Well, times they are changing. Well, let's talk a little bit more, a lot more about you, and I'll give you an introduction here. Mike Narks is the creator of Drag and Drive Addiction, a source of news and entertainment from the drag and drive community. We're going to learn what that means in a moment. It's a weekly live stream covering events, racers, and stats from events worldwide. Mike left his past career as a logician, logician, like a magician, a logistician. Am I saying that right? Okay, logistician for a large retail vendor to pursue his dream and to work in the automotive sector. Kind of what Cars Yeah is all about. Mike began selling cars at the age of 19, and in 2013, he hosted his first car event, something he's done more than 40 times since. And since then, he's raised over $60,000 for local Northwest Arkansas Children's Charities. How cool is that? And in 2016, he and his brother... We may get him on the show one day. Began wrenching for customers and opened a narcoleptic 
Customs. There's a tongue twister. He created a YouTube content with over 400 videos and podcasts. Today, his brother has a full-time shop building a variety of vehicles from LS swaps to four-wheel drive conversions. I guess Mike probably gets in there and spends a few wrenches once in a while too. We're going to learn a lot more about all of this in a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love and we'll be right back. Buckle up. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Mike, we're back. So I want to start off with... This term, drag and drive, can you explain to those listeners out there? And I have to admit, when I first read it, I went, wait a minute, what is this? I know what dragging is. I know what driving is. But what's drag and drive? Do you put somebody out back behind your car and take them around a field or something? (laughs) I hope not. So what's drag and drive? So if you think back, the movie Two Lane Blacktop probably Ah. personifies this as much as anything. A lot of car people know Two Lane Blacktop and how those guys – essentially went town to town, drag racing, loading all their stuff in that car. You know, they had everything they needed to race and and make their performance to win the money, all that kind of stuff. So essentially that movie was taken and made literal. And so that's what a drag and drive is. Hot Rod Drag Week started in 20, two, or sorry, 2005. And from there, it has hosted an event every year with 300 cars. And essentially it is a driver and usually a co-pilot loading up in their race car and driving from track to track for five days, racing at a different track every day. And then the average of your passes during the week culminate to your standings within your class. Oh, so, cool. so essentially you're racing for an average ET to get through the week. Now, are these all different kinds of cars? Oh, certainly. We have anything from 240 mile an hour cars, six second and a quarter mile Dodge Vipers to there was a car at Hot Rod Drag Week this week that or this year that finished with an 18 second average and was trying to get an 18th. He was 
pushing that car as hard as he could. So Wow. Well, this is very cool. Well, before we get into this a little bit more, I want to go back here because you did something very brave. Uh, you had a career and all of us get into careers and then we end up with families and mortgages and all these things. And we kind of get trapped a little bit. And you took a very bold step at one point and decided, you know what? I'm going to take a step outside of my comfort zone, I'm guessing, and went back to your passion for cars. Can you talk a little bit about that process and what makes you so brave? Because that's a brave move. Well, certainly. And and I want to give a lot of credit to my wife. She is scared to death, but also supportive and uh, understands that this is something that I you know, we we ha- we have an opportunity because of our sponsors to take the leap and run for you know several months with no regular paycheck income, yeah. and uh, we we started structuring that early in the like I think it was early 2021. I began kind of you know paying some bills off and and looking forward into the future with this as the ultimate goal. So we did that in June, and it has been awesome since then. Essentially, what pushed me to that was I was out of vacation time at work. I had spent I had spent seven weeks of vacation in 2022 and had used all of my back time off and everything that accumulates and rolls over. And then in 2023, I was only going to have four weeks and had committed with our sponsors to the six weeks I thought I had. And so at that point, it was like I need to make a decision. So I ran my I ran at work as long as I could and still traveled as often as I could to get to these events. And um, in in June, it just became apparent that that was no longer going to work. You said a couple of things here, and I, I talked to people. It was the same for me when I started this podcast. You have to build yourself a runway and be ready. And one of the big things is get out of debt. I think you should get out of debt anyway, no matter what. Our society seems to just kind of live in debt about everything. Uh, it seems to become the norm, which is not a healthy way to live because it put you in a, a real bind if you have to if you can't work anymore or if you get sent home or if you know a thing like covid comes mm-hmm. along and government shuts your business down heaven forbid but uh, you uh, got into this and can you explain to listeners with what you're doing exactly because it sounds like to me you get on the road you go around and you live stream these things you present them to people you show people so those of us that can't go out and do it can actually experience it is that how i picture what you're up to yes certainly so i would say my job title technically is a drag and drive statistician, announcer, event promoter, and then host, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially what I do at events is talk with racers, find out what's going on with their cars, find out what their plan was, take that data back. Then we also follow the classes and racer names and cars throughout the week and take all of that data at the end of the year. And we'll talk later, but also we we create these lists that are the top 10 second racer lists or the top 100 racer list. And so we use all of this data that before us doing this had never been collected. No one ever had all of the data. So I spent hundreds of hours digging through Facebook posts, uh, old posts on different websites, collecting all of this data from previous years and have culminated it here and and essentially go through and just find the interesting tidbits, kind of like what any historical publication does. But we do it strictly with drag and drive events and racers. It's very cool. Now, you've developed a point series, and I understand that I think it's in December you're going to be awarding the first ever Dragon Drive World Champion at the first ever Dragon Drive Awards. This is pretty cool. Tell us about that. I'm so excited to have Summit Racing as a sponsor, like a large sponsor of our brand. And and obviously, they are so involved in so many different facets of the automotive community. But the gentleman we speak with, 
are actually drag and drive racers as well, Mm -hmm. have built cars for it, have competed in them in the past and things like that. So when we pitched them with this idea of like, we would like to cover all of this, you know, they, they said, what, what, what's next? What, what do you think is going to happen next with this community? And we were like, how do we gather? How do we compile and bring all of this data together for people to care about, right? Because if you follow NHRA drag racing or IHRA drag racing, they have point series, all of those other facilities, all those other organizations. yeah. Yeah. They all have trackable. You can go back and look at historical data, but we wanted to do that. And with this world champion, we started off obviously thinking this, the U S but then there are three events in Canada an event in Sweden, two or three events in Australia. There's one now in New Zealand. Oh my gosh. And so we start looking at these and we're like, well, you can't just have a national champion. You have to have a world champion, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. So we took about three months and developed a point series that we felt was fair enough because uh, as a like top fuel racer, John Force, he only competes against top fuel and he only collects points in the top fuel class. Well, essentially, we couldn't do that because there are so many different styles of classes across the industry or across the community. Mm-hmm. So we needed a way to track racers and collect their you know standalone points. And this other struggle that drag and drive racers have is the same thing drag racers have across the country is you have parts shortages and you end up in a situation where, oh, my gosh, I don't have the parts I need to bring my, I would say, my big race car, my plan A race car. So you end up with a plan B race car, which could be something that's relatively fast. But, you you know, for their plan B, we didn't want to have it hurt them. So, like, if John Forrest races in say he raced in pro stock for a weekend because his top fuel car wasn't ready, he would receive pro stock points instead of top fuel points. Well, we couldn't have that because these events are a week long. So when someone comes to race, they're taking anywhere from seven to nine days off of work to compete in a drag and drive event. Holy cow. I mean, these are serious deals. You you mentioned a couple of great brands here. One is Summit Racing. Back in, what was the summer of 2020? 22, I had James uh, Hur, who is the project manager at Summit, Summit Racing, and any of us who's involved in cars and motorsports know Summit Racing. They're just such mm-hmm. a, a great company. And the other is, is PRI, Performance Racing Industry. I've been to some of those trade shows, and there's this year that you're going to be doing your, your awards is December 7th. Do I have that right? That's right. We're starting on, everybody always asks, why did you do, why did you do the first day of the event? So we're hosting our event. December 7th at 11 a.m. So it's early on day one of the event. And the reason we did that is because we wanted the world champion and their co-pilot to be able to flaunt that victory all weekend as they're walking around uh, PRI. Yeah, that's very wise. I think it's very smart. You know, having been to PRI and, and even bigger SEMA, which, uh, you know, is a, a show that's coming up now, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. is, uh, yeah, I think doing things early in the week sometimes is better. Um, by the end of the week, these shows, you're a little worn out. And tired, and plus you you have some attrition of people that can only stay a few days. They typically don't come at the end of the show. They come at the beginning. So I think that's a a very wise thing that you've done. Well, this is a pretty cool deal that you've created. And, you know, my hat's off to you because I follow some people on uh, YouTube that have created shows out of their life. And some of these are not even relating to cars, but I just find them interesting. There's a sailing show I follow. There's another uh, young woman from Poland who's been traveling around the world in her, her land cruiser and... There's another guy who goes and tours really high-end homes all over the world and yachts and things. And people that have been a, been able to create careers out of this mm-hmm. phenomenon, I, I really tip my hat because it's not easy, is it? I mean, there's a lot of work to this. Certainly not. We 
in the time we, because we began this uh, brand in February of 2022, we've posted more than 6,000 times across all of our social Holy media. Holy cow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, you know the secret, and that's being out there all the time. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of work. And even uh, in the, the world, the lesser world here of podcasting, uh, no, without any video, I, yeah, it's just a lot of work. I mean, there's a lot mm -hmm. of back-end stuff. It's, oh, this looks simple. You just talk to people every day. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, way, it's way harder than that. And I do want to talk about that for a second, because that is one thing that that is, we'll talk about challenges in a little bit, but yeah. this is one thing that became uh, very apparent when I began to look at leaving my corporate job, there was one event in 2005. There was one event for 10 years. In 2015, there became three events. 2019, there were only five. 2022, there were 11. I thought, oh, this will be easy. There'll be 16 or 18 next year. <laughs> there are 33 events for 2023. So so your private jet is always fired up and ready to go, right? <laughs> Holy cow. I'm telling you, I was not prepared to that when we submitted our, uh, per, you know, our sponsorship proposals in yeah. 2022 for uh, the amount of just additional work. And it's been amazing because we've had, we'll have more than 5,000 racers in 2023 race at Dragon Drive events, which probably means a unique count of 35, 3,800 oh compared gosh. to the... 1300 last year. So it's amazing. Well, it's incredible what you're doing. Just absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. So from listening to many of your podcasts, I know you're a big Porsche guy. So really? I did a little bit How'd of, you know I, that? <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit of research to kind of find out and see who had, who had done what, right? Mm -hmm. Porsche isn't typically a name that you associate with hot rodding, which hot rod drag week, we look at a lot of muscle cars, correct? Right. So there are actually three Porsches that raced in events in 2023, but here's the crazy part. Only one of them finished. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, and it was, a, it was a 2006 911. I thought you'd kind of appreciate nice, that. Nice, nice. And then the quickest average ET of any Dragon Drive Porsche ever is a GT2 RS from 2020 at the Rocky Mountain Race Week event with an 11.1 average across five days. And he raced at Bandemir and Pueblo, which, which are you know, 3,000 feet above sea level. Ooh. So I thought you'd find that kind of interesting. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, there you go. My hat's off to the Porsche guy representing. Yeah, you don't think of Porsches as really those kind of cars. They're more road cars, GT cars, track cars, things like that. Uh, but I tell you, these days with launch control and some of these cars having just massive horsepower to put down my hat's off to that guy for taking the car he loves and doing whatever he wants with it. I think it's cool. Yep, yep. I think they definitely probably had a lot of fun in the curves of Rocky Mountain Race Week. They're, you know, in the mountains and and that drive, I think, would be a blast in a car like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, let's talk about inspirations or what I inspirations or what I call driving inspirations. People that are very influential in your life. Has there been somebody like that for you? Uh, certainly. There's actually two. And the first one I just got to see this weekend, which was great. His name's Danny Diesel or Daniel Green. He literally sold everything he owned and took he's not really a drag racer but he wanted to go drag racing and so he sold everything he owned built this truck and traveled the country as a way to tell people and show people that they can live their dream as well mm. does he have a, a youtube page or a how, how can people follow him Yep, Danny Diesel is the easiest way to Danny to Diesel. locate him. <laughs> yep, post post pretty often on Facebook is probably his most often or his most used social media. Yeah. So Danny Diesel's it's a great one. And we met at a at a Dragon Drive event and from de I mean two seconds in, I knew he was a he was a guy that I was gonna get along with. And yeah, obviously him and I have spent a lot of time on the phone together and talking, but he actually came on one of our podcasts early on and told the whole story. It's really cool. 
And I'll tell you, I spent the weekend with him and he's even still, this is, you know, three years ago, he's still providing opportunities. And because of him, I'll get to announce and have been announcing at the 20 for summit racing Midwest drag race series all across the country for regular drag racing. So it's pretty neat. How cool. I love it. Uh, Now, does his last name have an E on the end like mine or no? Uh, it does not. No. Okay. Well, I was hoping maybe he was a cousin. He'd call me up <laughs> and I'd go hang out with him. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, the uncle I didn't know about. Cool. And you yep. mentioned a second person. Yeah, certainly Wes Buck of Drag Illustrated. He's a big inspiration for what we do here. What you know, his passion for drag racing kind of flows over with my passion for drag and drive. I love drag racing, but I loved seeing street cars, you know, drag cars out on the street. So he he knew he wanted to live a drag racing lifestyle, but wasn't the greatest driver so he created drag illustrated and then from there you know is he's great at telling stories great at providing the background that that comes with all of that not just the stat side of stuff so he's a big inspiration for what we do over here well it's very cool and both those gentlemen have a thing in common and that is they're doing they figured out a way to wrap their passion for automobiles into their lives which again is what car she has all about so uh, you have to make some introductions to these two guys so i can get them on the show could you do that sir yes yes please i would love to have them okay I would love for you to be them to be on your show. That would be great. I would love it too. Now, of course, you know, the next question has to do with the challenge question. You listen all the time. So take it away. So in 2007, as the market was doing great, I had been selling cars since 1999 and had done well at it and had met a partner. We started a dealership together in March of 2008. He decided he no longer wanted to do that. And so along with everyone else in 2008, uh, things began to struggle. I went eight months with no paycheck, cost my house, cost me my marriage at that time. And a very, very struggle, you know, difficult time, especially for a guy that had worked for someone else selling cars, you know, my entire adult life at that point, almost 10 years. And now I needed to, you know, here I have the freedom to do this, but at the same time, I owed people a lot of money, you know, to, to be able to do that. So luckily my mom and stepdad helped fund me for just a little bit so I could get all of the cars sold and not lose everything, everything, you know, I lost money and uh, house and marriage and stuff, but, uh, ended up coming through that, just went back to work and selling cars at another dealership, ended up catching up on everything, Really took that as a, a big learning lesson. My partner and I, you know, obviously we didn't talk anymore after that, became friends again, all of that kind of stuff. While working at one of the dealerships that I went back to, I met my now wife and we have two beautiful daughters and nice. and here I am living my dream years later. Just you know, so fifteen years it took me to get back to this point. I could have done it faster, but I was really, really scared to be honest. Well, oh, that time period was horrific for so many people. I mean, it was just um, a lot of people didn't see it coming. And all of a sudden, it, yep. it happened so fast. And I, I guess the the lessons here, are, I would ask you this, when you look back, a couple lessons that you learned out of that difficult situation, what were they? Yeah, certainly. I didn't work hard enough. When you work for yourself, that doesn't mean you can work less. That means <laughs> no you're going to work more, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of that that goes into my knowledge now. You know, we 2021, uh, Narcoleptic was my main source of creativity with social media and videos and things like that. And so we grew that brand. And then obviously we were talking about Dragon Drive so much on Narcoleptic that our personal projects and customer project workflow and video flow had scaled back. So 
I didn't feel it was fair for those customers or and those followers to watch just drag and drive stuff. So we created the new brand. So really the lesson I learned then was that I was I did not work hard enough the first time and I made up on made up for that this second round. And, you know, essentially having a lot better plan, knowing that you know, hey, sometimes things aren't going to work the way you want them to. And what's, what are you going to do then? And so it, cre- you know, it created a lot of internal want for me to prove not just to myself and my family, because I mean, we do have, have a competitive gymnast and a competitive cheerleader. We have a house payment and car payment and all that kind of stuff. So like, you know, when it, when it gets down to it and the 2023 sponsorship money is light and the 2024 hasn't come yet, yeah, yeah. what am I going to do? And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, a lot of strength. I think I gained during that time of like reflection that I look back now and I was like, oh my gosh, I was so weak, but I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because you go back to the basics of when we were kids and your parents are saying, you know, save for a rainy day, that, uh, that concept. Mm -hmm. And we touched on it earlier. So many people just live right on the edge and you just don't know that rainy day could come. Even if you are a super hard worker, you're doing everything right, but there's things around you like the recession of 08, 09, uh, like the COVID situation. And, you know, you look at the horrors going on in several countries today with wars all of a sudden, oh, you know, and you've got to be prepared. And uh, sometimes it takes tough lessons like that to uh, remind us that we need to be a little more careful. And I think you know this, having uh, two wonderful children and a great wife is uh, the things that we used to think are important, like fancy cars and all the other stuff really aren't, <laughs> you know, they, they really aren't. Yeah, that. yeah, you try to tell that to young people and they sometimes roll their eyes, but uh, hopefully they listen a little bit and uh, plan ahead a little bit. When you look ahead to 2024, what's your bucket list for what you guys are going to be doing with Dragon Drive? I'm so excited about what is coming. I've, for people that have followed us for a long time, they know I say it all the time. We're only getting started. And that truly is the the phrase for 2024. We're, we're going to build out a team right now. Currently, Eric White, my co-host and producer, and I have really done... 98% of the work to build this brand. And now it's time to to take that next level, add someone else, even if it is just a you know part-time assistant to help in some way, but to be able to provide more coverage for the racers that are there, because that's why we do this. That's the same way a lot of other magazines do their stuff is to, to provide coverage for those racers and to give them a memorable experience while they're at an event or something like that. So that's what we want to do. Eric is a phenomenal photographer and picture editor. I'm more video and live stream and interview based. So him and I have a a great team built up and now we need to really just push that and, and get in the, the, you know, take it to the next level for us. And that's what we're going to do for 2024. Well, awesome. Sounds like a great year coming up. So I always ask about special vehicles and I understand that you have a special vehicle. It was a vehicle that was your grandfather's, correct me if I'm wrong, a 66 GMC C10. Would that be the car you'd like to share? Oh yeah, certainly. So we call the old truck Stanley. That was, that was my grandfather's name, but it's, I always say that it is, we named it after him one because it was his, but two, it's just like him. It's rough. It it (laughs) used to, cough and hack and like all the stuff that just someone that lived a hard life. He was an iron worker. And so this, it was also my first vehicle. So he drove it daily from 67 to 92. I turned 12 years old. I had always been a car guy instantly was like, this truck is the one I want. So in 94, 
I started working in 96, he gave it to me as, as my first truck. So it was a 283 with a three speed in the floor and just, I hope all young car guys and girls have to drive something like that manual brake, <laughs> yeah, steering, yeah. huge steering wheel, you know? And so I took the, once he's kind of, we, we, him and I both sent it to the body shop. It lived in body shop jail for about three years. <laughs> body shop finally, jail. Yeah. yeah I finally Pay the ransom this month to get another bit of work done. <laughs> well, and you know, we were paying the guy and he wasn't doing any of the work. So oh, that was the struggle. Yeah. So it still has about two inches of Bondo on one side from where he just tried to fix the caved in bedside. Uh, yeah. And so, so anyways, it's there, but. I brought it to my house. I put an overdrive transmission in it. My dad and I took it on the 2012 Hot Rod Power Tour, which came close to the house. And then my brother, dad, and myself went in two different cars on the 2013 Hot Rod Power Tour that crossed to Arkansas. So we hit like Texarkana, Texas, Little Rock, Arkansas, and Memphis, and then came home in the old truck. So that was kind of fun. So now that truck has a uh, engine from a 2005 Tahoe with a big turbo on it, and it makes 500 wheel horsepower. Oh my gosh! And I can get in it and drive it anywhere in the country that I want to. Right? That's that's what we built it for was burnouts and ice cream. <laughs> and then the event we hosted, I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute, the circuit Dragon Drive. My daughter, my who was then nine, she was my co-pilot for the circuit 2022 in the old truck. So not only did we host it, we also raced it, and she had to help me change tires and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was an amazing experience. And since then, she's been hooked. So she's as much of a car girl as I am a car guy, I think. Yeah, that's fun. That those uh, that year had such a wonderful front end. It had quite a character with those those. I think are they turn signals that are up above the headlights? In the, yes, that's right. In the yep. little the little vents in the grill, I guess it was. Yeah, very mm -hmm. different looking truck with what they did with that but a lot of character no doubt much like stanley so <laughs> that's right that's right perfect for the name so here's where i become a bit of a car psychologist if you were reincarnated as a vehicle what would you be but more importantly why well i'll tell you i've gone over this a lot <laughs> good trying to think because this is a this is a great question for car guys and girls to ask themselves all the time yeah. right and i've i've come up with I think probably a Pontiac G8 GT. It's got four doors. Uh, I enjoy being around people. I enjoy bringing people on an adventure. So four doors so we can haul people. It's got a V8. So it has, you know, not just the ability to, or I guess me, I don't know. I have the ability <laughs> to do the hard work. You know, you can really put your foot in it and get down and, and yeah. dig deep, do that. And then for the most part, that car's pretty unassuming to the masses, but the folks that know, they know what's up. They know that that car can get down if it needs to. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm glad you put some thought to that. Now, you know, I love to talk about how people give back because I've learned after interviewing so many people that we are happiest when we're helping other people. And I know that you've raised, I mentioned it in the intro, you've raised a bunch of money for the Northwest Arkansas Children's Charities. Tell me about why you've chosen that as your philanthropic focus. Car people are great folks as a, as a whole group. And so we wanted to be able to help children that were maybe um, – so one of our largest charities that we've helped is the Northwest Arkansas Children's Shelter. And they actually take in children that have been abused or neglected. And we wanted those kids to know that there are people out there that care about them. And doing that, obviously, the car people are probably some of the best folks to do that because we – you know it. If you're standing there talking about a car, you're not asking about their previous – life experiences and things like that you are we're, we're all talking about the cars we're talking about them as a person today 
So a, a lot of people go back in historical and, oh, wh- what did you do and how'd you get here? Car guys typically don't do that. They're like, what's your next modification you're going to do to this car? And I feel like, in my experience, that helps teenagers and young adults get over some stuff in the past because they're not having to talk about it all the time. So we wanted, we started that because we wanted kids to know that the car community is a, a loving, welcoming group of people. Well, and also it's an opportunity for their future. If they find out they love cars, there's career opportunities there. And it it seems to be growing. Well, it is growing and growing. There's opportunities for sponsorships, for for, uh, groups like RPM Foundation and TechForce, which I support uh, to get uh, money to people so they can get into schools and trade schools and things and learn more about it. So cars aren't just pretty things. They're actually things that can be uh, a big part of your life and can support you and your family, just like you and me. How about a great book? Yes, certainly. So car books that are motivational are I don't know. They're pretty hard to come by, (laughs) but one book that I go to, I'm not going to say often, but is the Richard Rawlings Fast and Loud book. And really the part that stuck out to me was that he had pitched that show for eight years before somebody gave him a chance. So it wasn't a flash in the pan. It wasn't just happenstance that he became Richard Rawlings. He was Richard Rawlings before Gas Monkey was even a thing. So that's always a good book for to, to read, in my opinion. But typically, I read for a break. Um, I read fiction. I like Stephen Hunter, who writes the Bobbly Swagger books. I, I like those just to, to sit back. If I'm going to read for a weekend and take my mind off of all of normal stuff, I, I typically read for fun. Richard's book is a good one because Richard has a persona and sometimes, uh, and he's been a guest a couple times here, sometimes he can be a little off-putting because he's pretty out there, right? But if you learn about somebody's background and how they got to where they are, because so many of us see people as successful and just think, oh, they just rolled out of bed and the next day they're successful. Very rarely has that ever happened. Uh, it's usually a whole lot of work. So when you learn about what you just shared, that little snippet of him, I think there's a little more respect Probably a lot more respect for what oh, yeah. what people have been able to uh, pull off, and it's, it's not easy, that's for sure. So let's go on the ultimate drive today. You know I'm a bit of an enabler as a regular listener here on Cars Yeah. What's the vehicle that you're going to want me to provide you with, and where are you going to be going, and who are you going to be with? Mm, the first trip, I'm, I'm going to take two trips. Okay. I've, done, I've done two on all these, but the first trip I'm going to take, we're going to do the complete Route 66 in a big block four-speed 70 Chevelle with my dad and brother. We lost my dad in February of 2020, and that is where really my whole life changed. We yeah. That's when I decided I'm not going to work at a job every day and do that. So my dad, definitely, and uh, my brother, because, I mean, why not? Well, you know, we, we have fun together now. Dra- we want to go drag racing. We want to do stay in crappy hotels, motels <laughs> a lot of, along the way, and just do lots of burnouts. And then the, the second would be David Freiberger in something that's makes good power. I don't know. I really like turbochargers and probably four-door doing burnouts, but David Freiberger in that very first Hot Rod Drag Week in 2005. Sounds like a couple great trips. I love it. So you've taken us on a really fun and inspirational ride today. Really happy that you and I connected and you shared what you're doing because you really are the epitome, the quintessential Carja guest, if you will, and listener. Yeah, which is great. So could you leave us with maybe some parting words of inspiration or wisdom? So I'm going to say this and you have to read between the lines, but you have to truly find what you are passionate about. When people are watching these YouTubers and these bloggers and vloggers coming up now, they just see what they're doing now. If that's not your true passion, you're going to fall short. So find what you truly have a passion for and work a minimum of two hours a day building some kind of brand and don't even look at growth for for a year or two at least. Just head down and grind. 
That's what you got to do. Absolutely. It takes a lot of hard work. And uh, you look at the people that have pulled it off. And if you go back to their beginnings, uh, you see it's pretty humble. Uh, But it has been a heck of a lot of work. But that is one of the secret sauces to life for sure. How can people learn more about what you're doing, Mike? Oh, certainly. You can find us at drag-in-drive.com and you can find us on all social media outlets. We are on Instagram. We're probably the most active on Instagram on drag-in-drive. And then Facebook, of course, Drag and Drive Addiction. We also have a Drag and Drive Addicts Facebook group that you can go in there and uh, talk to other racers and things like that. YouTube, we're very active on YouTube with obviously our weekly live streams, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then, and then TikTok, we are all over TikTok, which I'm sure you hear a lot of on that side. And uh, just, I welcome anybody to send us any questions, send us a message on anything you have questions about. We, we run a full list of events on our website so people can find them easily and find locations and things like links to registration and all that. Very cool. Awesome. Well, I'll put all these links on Mike's show notes page. Again, you can find that on the Cars yeah website. Just put in the search bar, Mike Narks, N-A-R-X. There's a unique last name. Mike Narks, and you'll find everything about Dragon Drive. If you love cars, you love cars that go fast, and you love drag racing, uh, this might even be something you want to get involved in and go out and drive. Wow, very cool. So you've taught us a lot of new things today. Mike, I really appreciate you reaching out to me, being a guest on the show for all your kind uh, listening uh, hours because you've listened to a lot of shows, I know. I'm very grateful for that. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you, well, down the road, maybe at a drag race. That would be fun. Hey, thanks so much, Mark. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. 20, 50, 50, or 100 years from now, Will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!